Good morning, a good morning to everybody. So nice to see everyone. We're holding now the last day, Cholamoid Pesach. What a wonderful yontif. The davening was beautiful. Baruch Hashem. It's been really nice. And we're holding now in the final moments before Kriyas Yamsuf, which occurs on the last day of Pesach. So I thought it would be appropriate to speak about the deeper inyanim of what Kriyas Yamsuf is really all about. The story of Kriyas Yamsuf is a fascinating story in that we really didn't need to cross Kriyas Yamsuf at all. We didn't need a Kriyas Yamsuf in order to get to Eretz Yisrael. You don't need to cross any Yam to get to Eretz Yisrael. And especially in light of Taisus and Erechen that says that they did not go in a straight line across the sea, but rather they went in a semicircle and returned to the same place from which they started. And if that's the case, why is Kriyas Yamsuf such a big deal? Every day in Davening we sing Az Yashir, we remember Kriyas Yamsuf after, Shma, after Shema, before Shema Esrei. Why is there such an emphasis on Kriyas Yamsuf if the truth is that it never needed to take place to begin with? When we look at Kriyas Yamsuf, we're going to ask many questions. In order to ascertain the truth of something, you always need to ask many questions and see if one answer can answer up all of those questions, then you know it's true. Another question we see in Az Yashir, that the Lashon of Az Yashir, Yashir in the future, Rashi brings the Medrash, that it's a reference to Tchias HaMesim, that in those days of Tchias HaMesim there will be a Shira. The question is, why do we see Dafka here in Az Yashir a reference to Tchias HaMesim in Ta'ilam Haba? Of course, the famous question of the Avnei Nezer and many others, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, doesn't call it Kriyas Yamsuf, he calls it Bekiyas Yamsuf. Vahayam Bakatel Why is it a Bekiya as opposed to a Kriya? We know that Chazal say, Mashera Shifcha Alayam Loira Yecheska Bambuzi, what a simple maidservant saw during Kriyas Yamsuf, even Yecheskel Bambuzi was not able to see what was so great about the event of Kriyas Yamsuf, as opposed to any of the other Nisim, that Dafka here, even the Shifcha, was able to have such an incredible level of Nevuah. And then finally, when we look at the Psukim, we see a very strange thing. Before we get into the Midrashim, let's just take a look at the Psukim of Kriyas Yamsuf. The truth is that Kriyas Yamsuf is spoken about four times in the Torah. The first time that it's spoken about in the Torah is HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling Moshe Rabbeinu what's going to happen. Then it actually says, Klal Yisrael across the sea. And then it speaks about the fact that Mitzrayim and Paro went in to the Yam and then ultimately were drowned in the sea. And then, it says it again, there is a fourth telling of the story in Pasuk Haftas, in Pashas Beshalach, after it says, Vayashuvu ha-mayim v'yechosos ha-rechev v'asaprashim l'chochel paro ha-boim ha-chareim b'yam l'onishavahem ad-echod, after the water returned and covers up all the chariots and 
all of the horses of the entire army of Paro, none were left behind. It continues and it says, Uvenei Yisrael holchu bayabasha b'saychayom, v'hamayim lehem chayma miminam u'mismailam. The Bnei Yisrael walked in the Yabasha b'saychayom, and the water on the right and the left was a choma for them. The question is, the obvious question is, why is the Torah telling us again in Pasuk Chavtes exactly what it already told us before in Pasuk Chavbez? It's literally, it looks like exactly like a repeat. It says in Pasuk Chavbez, So why at the end of the story, after we find out that Paro and all of his horses and all of his chariots are covered up by the Yam, why does the Torah repeat the story? And when we look at the repetition, we see that there are some anomalies over here. The first anomaly is when we look at the actual language of the Psukim. In Pasuk Chav Beis, it says, Vayavau b'nei Yisrael b'saychayam. And then in Pasuk Chav Tes, it says, Vayavau Yisrael hochu. So the first difference that we see is there's a difference between Vayavau and Vahochu. A second difference we see is that in Pasuk Chav Beis it says, B'soich hayam be'yabasha. That when Klai Yisrael came, we came into the sea, and it was within dry land. However, in Pasuk Chav Tes, it says, U'v'nei Yisrael hochu be'yabasha b'soich hayam. We went into the dry land in the sea. So why is there a shift? The first Pasuk we went, Layam be'yabasha, and now we're be'yabasha b'soich hayam. And finally, as the Medrash points out, in this last Pasuk, it spells Choma without a Vav. And the question is, why in the first Pasuk does it say Choma with a Vav? And now by us it says Choma without a Vav in Pasuk Chavtes. But already we know, everyone knows the Medrash, why does it say Choma without a Vav? Because the Mayim was Chema. The Mayim was upset, it was angry that it had to split for these Ovdav Odazara, the simple pshat here, as we will see, the simple pshat is that Klal Yisrael worshipped, we know Avodazara, they were on the 49th level of Tumah in Mitzrayim. So the simple understanding here is that the Ksid did not want to split for Klal Yisrael. And so it was angry, why should it have to split for these people? But the question is, why do we see that over here? Why do we see over here in Pasuk Chavtes that the sea was angry? If in fact this is the repetition, then it should have already had this medrash on Pasuk Chavbez. We know there's another medrash in Tehillim. The medrash says that um, <clears throat> the medrash says that the sea did not want to split. Hayam Ayanos. The sea saw and it ran. What did the sea see? What was the vision that the sea saw? There's no good way of saying that. The sea saw the bones of Yosef, the Atmos Yosef that Moshe Rabbeinu had taken out of Mitzrayim. And when it saw the Atmos Yosef, so then the sea decided to split. What was it exactly, as we will see, what was it exactly that the sea saw in the bones of Yosef? The Medrash says that it saw the, that the unnatural Gvura of Yosef HaTzadik to run away from Eishas Potiphar, so too the sea ran away and it split and allowed Klal Yisrael to cross. Obviously this requires a deeper understanding over here. <clears throat> There's another Medrash 
that needs to be understood as well. We know that the Psukim tell us that the sea returned Laisano, it returned to its strength, meaning it returned to its original form. The Medrash and Bereshus tells us that it returned to its form Laisano, there's a Tznai. There's a Tznai in creation that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made with the sea, and it said, I will create you upon the condition that one day when my children want to come out of Mitzrayim, you will split and allow them through. And there's two very obvious questions on this Medrash. The first question is, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu have to make a tznai with the sea that it will split? It doesn't have to make a tznai with the frogs. It doesn't have to make a tznai with the lice. Why does, it have to, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu have to make a tznai with the sea? And the second question, which is the question of the Arachayim HaKadosh, is we would expect to see a reference to this tznai when the sea actually splits, not when the sea returns to its original form. So that's another two questions on this concept of the Tanai. Okay, so that's uh, that's plenty of questions for now. That's a lot of questions. Let's see if we can begin to get some answers. By way of introduction, before we actually start answering the questions, I want to <coughs> share a little bit of Kabbalah and what the entire concept of Mayim means to begin with. Mayim represents what's called the Alma de Iskasya. There's two worlds. There's the Alma de Isgalya, and there's the Alma de Iskasya. What, what, what does this mean? The Alma de Isgalya is the revealed world in which we live in. But the Alma de Iskasya is the hidden world that's beneath the sea. That's what the Yam represents, that's what Mayim represents. It covers up, we know, that throughout history... The sea has represented, today, Baruch Hashem, we're able to plumb the depths of the sea, but throughout history, we were not able to understand what went on under the sea. Chazal tell us whatever creatures exist on land also exist under the, in, under the sea. Above land we have horses, beneath the sea they have seahorses. The treasures that lie beneath the sea, the hidden wonders that lie beneath the sea. So the sea has always represented throughout history... The Alma de Iskasya, the world of the hidden. And in Kabbalah, the word Mayim also represents a hiddenness. On the outside of the word, on the outsides, on the bookends of the word, is the letter Mem, which covers up the inside letter, which is the letter Yud. And on a deeper level, what this means is that a Jew should know What's hidden inside of him? On the outside it looks like a mem, but on the inside there's a yud. There's a nitzitz of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's a chelek, a lekamimal, we have a neshama, and that neshama is pure, the neshama is untouched by the outside world. And that's what Mayim represents, the hidden gem, the hidden jewel that is the soul of a person. And this is what it means... When we say, When we look in the outside world, it's dark, there's chaotic, yeah? But when we look at the water, When we look at water, that's where we find the Ruach Elikim. The Zayar HaKadosh says, is This is the Neshama of Mashiach. This is a reference to Tshuva. That our tshuva and only our tshuva can bring Mashiach. 
It's the reference that needs us inside of every one of us that we have the capability of bringing Mashiach. Of course, we know that the entire capability of doing tshuva to begin with, as we've spoken about many times before, comes from this idea that the Yud, the, the Neshama, is untouched even when a person was participating in the sin. So there was a part of us that wasn't participating in the sin at all. There was a part of us that was totally removed from the Aveira that we were doing. This is called the Neshama, the Nefesh kiss. And this Nefesh kiss is the place from where we're capable of doing Tshuva because it never participated in the sin at all. It was untouched. Like Mayim, the Yud, is untouched by the outside Mem. And this is why we go to a Mikvah of Mem Saw. We go to a Mikvah with 40 Saw, Mem Saw. We immerse ourselves in the Mem, in the 40 Saw of the Mikvah, to allow ourselves to touch that Yud, that Pneumius, that's inside of the Mikvah experience, to get back to that soul, to get back to that place where there's total Tahara, this is why the Rambam calls the mikvah the mehadas. The Rambam says that the mikvah is a shift in paradigm. And of course we know it was brought down in many places. And I heard this already many years ago from Rav Zucker when I was a Bachar, that the idea of going to a mikvah, what's the paradigm shift that a person should have? It's the concept of being reborn, the innocence of being reborn. And even the word mayim in Kabbalah is a reference to the concept of conception of birth, the mem, the first mem, we know the formation of the letter is that it's open, and then is the giving off of the yud. The first letter is the mem, which is the male. That's why it's open, and it gives off the yud, which is the tipas rucha. And then there's the final mem, the end of mem, the mem sofit, that is closed. This represents the womb of the mother that takes in that yud and nurtures it. So the entire concept of mayim has to do with innocence, purity, rebirth, finding that neat sites of Kedusha that's hidden inside of all of us. This is why Miriam had the Be'er Miriam. Miriam is also from a Lashon of Mayim. The Reish in Kabbalah is called Avedas Haberurim. The Reish in Kabbalah is that which clarifies what is one thing and what is another. It clarifies Tumah from Tara, Kedusha from Tumah. And so Miriam, who was the ultimate Neviah, she had the capability of clarifying what was Oretz and what was Mayim, and that's why she was the one that was able to bring out the Be'er Miriam. That's why Torah is compared to Mayim. We know in uh, <clears throat> we know that in in our world, there's on the outside world a paradox is very difficult to understand. It's got to be either one thing or the other. It's light or dark. It can't be both at the same time. But when it comes to Torah, we say, Elu ve'elu divrei that both things paradoxically can be true, even though it looks like a machleikas on the outside. It's really divrei elikim chayim. And in the world of the infinite, a paradox is true. It's not a machleikas. It's not an argument. It's not, a, it's not two different things. It's really all one. And that's why it's Torah is compared to Mayim because Torah is the thing that's Ma'achid, everything that Pneumius that we spoke about, the Pneumius of Mayim is the bringing out that Nitzitz of Elikos in the world. So that's what Mayim is. Just a short introduction. Again, we could speak for hours about this, but now is not the time. Just a short introduction to the concept of Mayim that Mayim reveals that which is hidden in the world. Now, with that concept in mind, we have to go to start to answer some of our questions that we asked before.
right before Kriyas Yamsuf, right before Kriyas Yamsuf, Pasuk says, V'omar Paroi l'b'nei Yisrael nevuchim heim ba'aretz. Paro says to B'nai Yisrael, you are lost, you don't know where you're going. They got stuck by the Yamsuf, they didn't know where they were, they were going in the wrong direction, Teret Yisrael. So Paro says, L'b'nei Yisrael nevuchim heim ba'aretz. You're lost, you're confused. The question is, who is he speaking to? Because if B'nai Yisrael is already by the Yamsuf, so then who is the B'nai Yisrael to whom he's speaking? And Rashi on the spot already explains that it can't mean L'b'nai Yisrael Mamish, because they weren't there. They were already by the Yamsuf. Rather, it means El B'nai Yisrael. That they were going, that he was talking about B'nai Yisrael. But this argument, Anusam Nuziel says, no, it was actually talking to B'nai Yisrael. And who was it speaking to? It's speaking, Paro is speaking to Dosan and Aviram. And he's saying, Dosan and Aviram, you guys did the smart thing when you stayed behind with me. Look at your brethren. Look at Klal Yisrael. They're lost. They have no idea where they're going. It was smart that you stayed behind with me. But the question is, if Paro is talking to Dasan and Aviram, so then how does Dasan and Aviram ultimately make it across Kriyas Yamsuf in order to participate in Pasha's Kairach? You know, in Pasha's Kairach, Kairach, followed by Dasan and Aviram, led a rebellion against Moshe Rabbeinu. But if they stayed behind in Mitzrayim with Paro, then how were Dasan and Aviram capable of getting across the Yam? Now, who were Dasan and Aviram? We only generally think about Dasan and Aviram as the troublemakers, so to speak. Again, very few times are they outright mentioned in the Torah, but many, many times in Chazal are there hidden references to Dasan and Aviram. At the very beginning... When Moshe Rabbeinu kills the Mitzri, we know that he comes out the next day, yeah, and he sees two Jews fighting with each other. He says, Russia, Lama Sakar Russia, why are you hitting your brother? And who is this referring to? This is referring to, Rashi says, Dasan and Aviram, Reyacha over there doesn't mean your brother in terms of your friend. It means that they're Roshayim together. Why are you guys hitting each other? And it's Dasan and Aviram that forced Moshe Rabbeinu to run away to Midian because they were going to tell, they were going to tell Paro what Moshe Rabbeinu does. <clears throat> we know that Dasan and Aviram were the ones that left over the Mun in the morning <clears throat> when, when Moshe Rabbeinu tells everyone not to leave over any Mun. Dasan and Aviram are the ones that leave over the Mun. We know the Dasan and Aviram were the ones that tried to rile up Klal Yisrael to return to Mitzrayim after the Miraglim came back with their negative report. And of course, Dasan and Aviram, as we mentioned already in Parshas Karach, so we know Dasan and Aviram is terrible people. But the truth of the matter is <clears throat> that while Dasan and Aviram were terrible Rishaim, there was something unbelievable that Dasan and Aviram did for Klal Yisrael that often goes unnoticed. How did Mitzrayim, how did Paro control so many Jews, millions and millions of Jews? How was Paro capable 
of controlling these Jews. So he set up a system. And the system was that there were Jewish shotrim, Jewish policemen, that were in charge of making sure that Klal Yisrael did its job. And if Klal Yisrael did not do its job, if we were not performing to the levels that we were capable of performing, so then these Jewish policemen would be beaten. But these Shotre Yisrael, these Jewish policemen, these were Tzadikim Gemurim, and they refused to beat members of Klal Yisrael for not being able to fulfill their quotas. Rather, they received the beatings themselves. And in this group of policemen was actually Dosan and Aviram. Now, what was the reward? The Medrash says, what was the reward for not beating Klal Yisrael in those terrible times? So there were 72 Shotre Yisrael, and 70 of them became Nevi'im. The 70 Nevi'im that Moshe Rabbeinu appointed, what was the schus that they became Nevi'im? The schus was that they protected Klal Yisrael. They didn't beat Klal Yisrael for not fulfilling their quotas, and they took the beatings themselves. However, it's not so well known, but it's true, that Dosan and Aviram were also part of these Shotre Yisrael. They were also people that refused to be beaten, that refused to beat Klal Yisrael, and rather were beaten themselves. And even though they were Shoyim, and they were Kaifer Be'ikr, but nevertheless, we know that they identified as Jews throughout history. We've had people like this. People that were incredibly Jewish, incredibly Jewish, and that they identified with their brethren. But, in terms of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they were certainly Kaifer Be'ikr, they were Rishoyim Gemurim. But they loved Klal Yisrael. They had a tremendous love for Klal Yisrael. We see this throughout history. But this is what personified Dasan and Aviram Ad that we know that when the Shotre Yisrael approached Paro and tried to lighten the load after Moshe Rabbeinu and Arnakayin had already come to Paro to try to talk him down a little bit, to lessen the load, Moshe Rabbeinu said, we're going we're gonna to take Klal Yisrael. So the Shotre Yisrael went to Paro to intercede on behalf of Klal Yisrael. And now Paro says, not only are you going to have the same quota, but now you're going to have to make your own bricks. And as they're coming out of Paro, they see... Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron HaKayin. And two of the Shaitri Yisrael, Dasan and Aviram, turn to Moshe Rabbeinu and say, you've given Paro the sword with which he'll kill us. Meaning, why couldn't you leave well enough alone? Yes, we're in Mitzrayim, and yes, it's very, very difficult. But you're only making matters worse. And this touches Moshe Rabbeinu in a very deep way. And Moshe Rabbeinu comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and complains. And he says, why are you doing this? Why would you send me here? It's just, you, we're making it worse. Because you see that Moshe Rabbeinu took the words of Dasan and Aviram so seriously. Because of the love that Dasan and Aviram had for Klal Yisrael, even though they did the wrong thing in telling off Moshe Rabbeinu, but it affected Moshe Rabbeinu. We see that it impacted Moshe Rabbeinu. Because when he saw people who loved Klal Yisrael so much, it touched Moshe Rabbeinu in a very deep way because he also loved Klal Yisrael so much. And so Dasan and Aviram, while they were Rishoyim Gemurim, they had a tremendous love of Klal Yisrael, and it was obvious to everyone around them 
that they, they loved Klal Yisrael, they loved Yitin. Says there the Oshul Diskin. Unbelievable vart. Why didn't Dasan and Aviram die in Makas Chayshech? It was in the schus of the fact that they refused to beat Klal Yisrael and they took the beatings themselves. All the people that were not Zoycha to leave Mitzrayim, they died in Makas Chayshech, but not Dasan and Aviram. Why? Because of the Ahava that they had for Klal Yisrael. Says Rav Yoshuleib Diskin, he says it in one line. And that's why they were Zaycha to Kriyas Yamsuf. Now, when did Dasan and Aviram leave? When did they leave? According to the Targum Yernesam Ben Uziel, they were still talking to Paro. They were still talking to Paro when Klayasar was already at the Yam. Their intention was to remain behind. They loved Mitzrayim. They loved Jews, but to, they, they loved Jews, but they hated Judaism. Why should we leave Mitzrayim? We have it very well here in Mitzrayim. And they were hanging out with Paro, as they were with the leader of the world. They had everything they wanted. Perhaps this is why later on, in the times of the Miraglim, when the Miraglim came back and gave those vile reports about Eretz Yisrael, perhaps that's why Dasan Aviram said, let's go back to Mitzrayim. We had it so good over there. What do you mean we had it so good? We were, it was, we were enslaved in Mitzrayim. It's true we were enslaved in Mitzrayim, but that's where Dasan and Aviram identified. They identified themselves with the Hashkafa, with the philosophy of Mitzrayim. They wanted to return to Mitzrayim. Now Rashi rejects all of this Pashtus because he said otherwise had a Dasan and Aviram cross the Yam if they were with Paro. But the Targum Yonas and Benuziel says they were with Paro at the time. So it must be that when Paro went to the Yamsuf in order to take out, in order to bring back rather, in order to bring back all of Klal Yisrael, it must be that Dasan and Aviram went with them. But when the waters came crashing down Upon the Mitzrim, there was another Kriyas Yamsuf that took place, specifically for Dasan and for Aviram. And you can imagine, Klal Yisrael is already on the other side. It's already, they're already on dry land. And they see the waters crashing down and killing all of the Mitzrim. What an unbelievable sight that must have been for them to see the retribution for 210 years of slavery, of murder. Finally, they see that they're getting their revenge. Hashem Yikom Damo. Kaddosh Baruch Hu gave his revenge on the Mitzrim. But they also saw something else. What did they see? They saw that two Jews, Dasan and Aviram, the Jews that had incredible sensitivity to them, even though they were Rishoyim Gemurim, it's the Jews that refused to beat them. They also saw that Dasan and Aviram were capable of going across the Yam in a miraculous way. Not a Kriyas Yamsuf with all of Klai Yisrael, a private, individual Kriyas Yamsuf. I heard this vart from Rabbi Jacobson. Based on this, we can now go back to the Psukim. And we can understand why the Psukim are the way they are. Because actually, when the Torah repeats Kriyas Yamsuf, it's not a repetition at all. Perhaps this is actually... Another Kriyas Yamsuf. This is the Kriyas Yamsuf of Dasan and Aviram. So now let's look at it again. And it will become obvious. <clears throat> when do we see this idea of Chema, that, that the waters were upset, that they had to split? We don't see it in Pasuk Chavbez when Klal Yisrael is going through. Rather we see it in Pasuk Chavtes. 
after the water has already collapsed on the Mitzrim, killing all of the Mitzrim, now we see that it's Chema. Why is the water Chema? Why is the water upset? Not simply because it had to split for the Ovdei Avodazara of Klal Yisrael, as we'll see in a minute. But this wasn't just any members of Klal Yisrael. This was Dasan and Aviram. These were Rishoim Gemurim. So the water is saying, why should I split for these people? And this is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes dafka over here and teaches an unbelievable lesson. The water is Chema. The water doesn't want to split. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is in the schus of protecting Klal Yisrael that you have to split. And this is why in Pasuk Beis it says, Vayavau, that the Jews were brought. They were brought to Kriyas Yamsuf. But no, in Pasuk Haftes, it's speaking about Dasan and Aviram, and they were not brought to Kriyas Yamsuf. They were Vahalchu. They, they weren't brought, they came. They came, who did they come with? They came with Mitzrayim. And then, of course, this is what explains why in Pasuk Haftes it says, Bayabasha Hayam, and not Hayam Bayabasha. Because when Klal Yisrael came, it was Besayich Hayam Bayabasha, they came into the sea, which ultimately became dry land. Masha'in came, when it came to Dasan and Aviram, they walked onto dry land, they came with the Mitzrim, they walked onto dry land. And of course, now we can understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs to make a Tnai from the very beginning of creation. The truth of the matter is that there was a Tnai right here, again, as the sea returns to its original form. Remember the Kasha of the Archaim? The Kasha of the Archaim was that why does it have to be, why, why does the Torah refer, again, the Kasha of the Gra was why do we need a Tnai at all, but the Kasha of the Archaim was if there's going to be a reference in the Medrash to the Tnai that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made with the sea, let it be when the sea actually splits, not when the sea returns. But now we can understand that the sea was returning and it's killing all of the Mitzrim. But Dafka here, there's a Tznai, don't kill Dosan and Aviram. The sea had to split, there was a Tznai from the beginning of creation, even to include Dosan and Aviram, of course for Klal Yisrael, but even to include Dosan and Aviram, that's why there has to be a condition. And with this we can also understand the Medrash. What does it mean that when they saw the Atzmas Yosef, the bones of Yosef, then the sea split for all of Klal Yisrael? The truth of the matter is we know the Malachim said, Halalu of the Avodazara, the Halalu of the Avodazara, why are you splitting the sea for Klal Yisrael and killing the Mitzrim? After all, both of them are of the Avodazara. And this is what the sea wanted to know, why should I split for you? Until it saw the Atzmas Yosef. Why? Because let's go back to the message of the Atzmas Yosef. The message of the Atzmas Yosef was, you ran away from Ashes Potiphar, and since you ran away from Ashes Potiphar, the sea will split from you for your children. What's the message of here? The message perhaps is very simple. If you would look at Yosef HaTzadik in that moment, if you would look at Yosef HaTzadik, he's in the middle of doing an Avera. Here he is in the midst of Mitzrayim. He's about to do this terrible Avera. And we know if you look at Chazal, that he was very, very deep into the Avera already. Even though he never finished, he never consummated the Avera, but he was very deep into the Avera. So if you would have looked at Yosef HaTzadik on the outside... So what you, would, what you would have seen is a terrible Avera. A terrible Avera. He's not a tzaddik. He's certainly not Yosef HaTzadik. The Yosef HaTzadik that we refer to him for generations as Yosef HaTzadik. No. He's doing a terrible Avera. He's fallen. But the truth is, 
in that final moment, in that final, final moment, right before he does the Avera, the true Yosef HaTzadik is revealed. The essence, that that Alma de Iskasio, that hidden Yud, that's hidden between the Mems, is finally revealed. This is the revelation of Yosef HaTzadik. The revelation of Yosef HaTzadik is a Jew could mamish be in the worst place. But you don't really know what's going on in his depths. And this is the message to the Yam when it saw Klal Yisrael. And it said, why should I split for these people? The message was, you don't know who they are. On the outside, it looks like they're Ovdeh Avodazara. That's true on the outside. But on the inside, they're Heilig Yidin. This is the Amanivchar. These are the Ben Yachid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So don't give up on them. Don't give up. This is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes the Tnai. Because on the outside, there's no reason. There's no reason that the sea should split. But the sea, the Mayim, it knows better than anyone. It knows better than anyone what it means to have hidden depths. This is the hidden depth of a Jew. That even when a Jew on the outside is a terrible Rasha, and is serving Avaidazara, even if it's a Dasan Va'aviram, you don't know the hidden depths of a Jew. And this is why the Sheet of Rav Kuk was that when you saw so many Paisha Yisrael, so many Paisha Yisrael, so many people, so many Jews that were never off the Darach in those times, that it looked like on the outside they were Rishayim Gemurim. But Rav Kook maintained that on the inside, all those expressions, their love for Eretz Yisrael, their love for members of Klal Yisrael, even though they didn't believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu necessarily, and even though sometimes they were actively against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but Rav Kook said, that's just the outside. That's the Russia. That's not actually the Jew. Ironically, you know, when you look at Dasan and Aviram, they're the only people in the Torah that are outright, that are outright called Rishayim. Rosh Olama And we know that the Haggadah says, leave, by, by the Rasha, it says, leave a low low. Yeah? And what's the Lashon over there? Because it says, I'm sorry, Lachem Veloiloi. The Rasha would not have been redeemed, the Haggadah says. Why? Because it was Kafr Be'ikr. So it's ironic that Dasan and Aviram, who are the only people that are called Rishayim in the Torah, were actually redeemed. But no. If you look at the Haggadah carefully, you'll see something unbelievable. It says, what was the one thing that Dasan and Aviram didn't do? Yes, they were Kafr Be'ikr. But what was the one thing that Dasan and Aviram didn't do? They were not Moisiyat Atzmoim and Aklal. That was the thing they cared about the most. They cared about their fellow Yidin. So they, they of course deserved to have a Geula Shlema from Mitzrayim. Why? Because they were not Moisiyat Atzmoim and Aklal. But of course we know when to Dasan and Aviram die, they die in Parshas Kairach. And why do they die in Parshas Kairach? Vayikach Kairach ben Yitzar ben Kaas ben Levi v'dasim v'aviram b'nei Eliyav v'ayin ben Pelus b'nei Ruvain. Kairach ben Yitzar ben Kaas ben Levi took. Zakt Rashi, what does it mean? Vayikach Kairach lakach et atzmai l'tzad echad liyais nechlach miktaycha eida. They separated themselves. What was the schus? What was the schus of Dasan and Aviram? The schus of Dasan and Aviram was that they did not separate themselves from the cloud. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu, with all the tsaras that he had from Dasan and Aviram, with all the pain throughout his entire life, from the time that he was already fleeing from them in Mitzrayim, all the way through the Midbar, 
Moshe Rabbeinu, he, he, he desperately wants to hold on to Dasan Aviram. Why does he want to hold on to Dasan Aviram? Why doesn't he kick them out in the Midbar? Because he knew the sensitivity that they had, that they had for Klal Yisrael. He saw it with his own eyes. All of Klal Yisrael saw Dasan and Aviram, that they were not swallowed up by the Yam with the rest of Mitzrayim. But Vayikach Kairach, but when they separated themselves, as Rashi says, in Parshas Kairach, that was their death sentence. And perhaps this explains why in Parshas Kairach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we know, swallows everyone alive in the earth. Swallows everyone alive in the, in the earth. But Moshe Rabbeinu, who did he try to save? He tried to save Dasan and Aviram. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, Vayishlach Moshe lekroid the Dasan v'Aviram b'nei Eliyav. Vayoyim ruloyin na'aleh. Moshe Rabbeinu, it doesn't say that he tried to speak to Kairach. Who does it say that he tried to speak to? He tried to speak to Dasan and Aviram. He said, don't do this. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to communicate to Dasan and Aviram. Don't you know who you are? You're that Yud. You're that Nitzay Tzakdusha. We all saw it. We saw it with our own eyes. We all saw the miracle that you walked through Kriyas Yamsuf. You had your own Kriyas Yamsuf. Don't do this. Don't separate yourself. This was your schus. Don't separate yourself. All the times that we argued, we argued because you wanted what was best for Klal Yisrael. Even though you didn't believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is wild that they didn't believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of the Nisim that they saw. But we know they were Kafir Be'ikr. But still, still, don't leave. Don't leave. All the arguments that we had, I know the arguments that we had, you thought you were doing what was best. But don't do this now. Don't be mighty as Atzam in klau. Argue from within. Be loyal opposition. But don't leave. Don't go with Kairach. And what do they say? You took us out from Eretz Zavas Chalavudvash to kill us in the Midbar. You want to dominate us. You didn't give us, you didn't bring us to an Eretz Zavas Chalavudvash. You didn't give us a vineyard. We will not go up to you. And this. On this, the Pasuk says, Moshe became very distressed by this. Why was Moshe very distressed by this? Because he knew that this was the end. He knew that Dasan and Aviram, the Helig of Dasan and Aviram, obviously not Helig in the sense of what their external actions were, but the rush, the rush of Dasan and Aviram was on the outside. He knew what was on the inside, but he was watching it fade away. And that's why Moshe Abenu was very distressed by this. Because he wanted to save Dasan and Aviram, because he knew that Be'etzan, they were so, so Kaddosh. And it's very interesting, if you look in Az Yashir, which Pasuk does Az Yashir quote? It doesn't quote Pasuk Chavbez of Vayavo and Liam Be'yabasha. Rather, it says, V'hochu Hayabasha B'Seich Hayam. It's quoting Pasuk Chavtes every single day when we say the Shira of Az Yashir. What's the Geval de Geshira of Az Yashir? The Geval de Geshira of Az Yashir is reminding us that Dasan Aviram, the biggest Rishayim, had their own private Kriyas Yamsuf. That's the message of Az Yashir. That's what we need to remember. We need to remember who we are. We need to remember that we are Klal Yisrael. And no matter what we're doing, even if it's the biggest Avera in the world, it doesn't accurately reflect who we are. And perhaps... Now to go back to answer some of our original questions. Number one, we could say, what was so great about the Nase of Kriyas Yamsuf that a Shifcha Alayam saw what Yecheskel Bambuzi couldn't see? The godless of Kriyas Yamsuf was that we saw 
who we really were. We saw how HaKadosh Baruch Hu valued us. That's what a Shifcha saw. And ultimately, that's what all of Nevuah is about. All of Nevuah is about getting to that Nitzah Tzakdusha that's inside of all of us. First of all, that's where Kedusha emanates from. That's where Nevuah emanates from. Nevuah, of course, is a message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that comes through us. It comes through that Yud that's in the Mayim. And a Shifcha, even a Shifcha, even a lowly Shifcha, but it's not just saying even a lowly Shifcha the way we always learned it. It's saying a Shifcha. A Shifcha is not a Shifcha. You think a shifcha is a shifcha. A shifcha is not a shifcha. A shifcha is a yid. A shifcha is a Jew. I on the outside, she looks like a shifcha. She's not a shifcha. She's not a shifcha. This is the mistake that we all make. We look at kids that are off the derech and we say, ah, he's off the derech. We label him as off the derech. We have symposiums about him and rabbis get together and talk about them. He's not off the derech. He's not off. The, he's off your derech, but he's not off the derech. Das is a yid. Do you know what this kid has inside of him? Recently, I was talking with a bunch of my chevra from, from high school. And we were talking in my high school, and it happens to be in my grade, that a bunch of the chevra were asked to leave or left on their own. And the amount of guys that are sitting and learning, the amount of guys that are abonim, chashuvim, dayonim even, from the guys that were thrown out, the percentage is much greater from the guys that were thrown out than the guys that actually were quote unquote good boys and got to stay in got to stay in our school. Because those kids that were off, it looked like they were off on the outside, but on the inside, ah, if we only would have known what was on the inside with those boys. And this is a what it's saying, this is not a shifcha. Stop stop looking at her as a shifcha. She had a greater nevua than Yechesko Bambuzi because she knew who she was. She knew who she was. And perhaps using the Avne Nezer we can explain this is why it's called Kriyas Yamsuf by us, but Bekiyas Yamsuf by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bekiyah, Bekiyah is from a lotion of something that's being ripped on the outside to access what's inside. That's, I'm sorry, that's, that's uh, Kriyas Yamsuf. Kriyas Yamsuf is ripping something on the outside to get to the inside. Bekiyas Yamsuf is ripping something from the inside to escape, to get to the outside. Like a chick. Like a chip escaping its shell is called bikia. And this is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls it bikia. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bakata. He's ripping open the yam to show us what we really are. And for us it's a kriya. Because now we've been torn open and we saw what's on the inside. For us it was about getting to the inside. For HaKadosh Baruch Hu was letting the, outside, the inside out. That's the difference between kriyas yamsuf and bikiyas yamsuf. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bikiyas yam. He's He's telling you, this is who you really are. It reminds me of a story with Rav Freifeld, that Rav Freifeld once got a phone call from a certain school that they were hesitant to accept a certain child because of something that was going on in the home. And Rav Freifeld said, I have to call this mother and tell her who she is. What does it mean, I have to call this mother and tell her who she is? He was calling to give her Musr. But the Musr wasn't Chas Shalom, a negative Musr of how could you do this? The Musr was, do you remember who you are? I want to remind you. I want to remind you of the godless of who you are. How could you be behaving this way? This is not you. So that's what it means. V'hayam bakata, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tore open the Yam to allow us to see what was truly inside of ourselves. And perhaps now we can understand why there's a reference to Tchias HaMesim. The Rambam says in, in Olam Abba, in the times of Mashiach, the sun will come out of its pouch. What does it mean, the sun will come out of its pouch? 
it means that the truth will be revealed. What's the great truth of Eilam Abba? The great truth of Eilam Abba is that the paradox of soul and body are actually both true. What will be revealed in, in Tchias HaMesim, what will be the rebirth of Tchias HaMesim, as we said before, the Mayim is the Mem, the male Mem, the original Mem, the first Mem giving birth to the Yud, that Tipa Srucha that ultimately goes into the Mem Sofit, the end of Mem, that final Mem that's the womb. This is a reference to Tchias HaMesim. Why is it a reference to Tchias HaMesim? Because that's when we're going to see. We're going to all return. There's going to be a resurrection. And we're all going to see the Kedusha of every single Jew. Kol Yisrael, Yeshlem, Chelek, Le'olam Haba, Kol Yisrael. Even, even those members of Kali Yisrael that you thought were totally off, even those parts of yourself that you thought were totally off, all of that is Bechinas Kol Yisrael, Yeshlam, Chelek, Elam, Haba, as Chazal say, Tzibur stands for Tzadik, Benoni, Virasha. You can't have a Tzibur without a Tzadik, you can't have a Tzibur without a Benoni, and you can't have a Tzibur without a Rasha, because a Rasha is also part of Kali Yisrael. Kol Yisrael, Yeshlam, Chelek, Elam, Haba, and that's why it's Dafka over here. Dafka over here. In Kriyas Yamsuf, in Bikiyas Yamsuf, where the essence has been revealed, that we find the reference to Az Yashir. Az Yashir in the times of Tchiyas HaMesim we're going to have an Az Yashir experience when the essence is revealed. And perhaps this is why, even though Kriyas Yamsuf was totally unnecessary, even though when we actually look at Kriyas Yamsuf, they didn't need to go through the Yam in order to get to Eretz Yisrael, in fact, even as we said, according to Taisus and Erechen, they made a semicircle. No. They needed to go through Kriyas Yamsuf. Because the Nisim of the Makos were not enough. The Nisim of the Makos told Klal Yisrael, you're special. You're special. You're not like a Mitzri. I'm going to wipe out the Mitzrim and I'm going to save you. But it didn't tell the Jew what was special about him. It didn't tell the Jew, this is why you're beloved. Why are we beloved? Not Hashem, why in the sense of giving a reason for why we're loved. But what what about us makes us beloved to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That's what we discovered in Kriyas Yamsuf. We discovered that Yud. We went to the Mikvah. That's what we did. We went to the Mikvah. We went to the Mikvah. We went into the Memsa. And we had that Tahara. We found out something unique about ourselves. Which is though, even though on the outside we looked exactly like the Mitzri, on the inside we were fundamentally different. The essence of a Jew is untainted. Because after 210 years, we had a slave mentality. And what does it mean that we had a slave mentality? We drank the Kool-Aid that there was, in fact, no difference between a member of Klal Yisrael and a Mitzri. That was the big Avera. That's what we thought. We thought, and we know that thinking things like that, Avera, Gairaris, Avera, much worse than the Avera, is the thought that this Avera defines me. And this is what we thought. After 210 years of slavery, of living with the Mitzrim, we thought we were Mitzrim. We thought that our Averas defined us. And that's why we had to go through Kriyas Yamsuf. So as the Alter Rebbe said, the Alter Rebbe said, on the first days of Pesach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes us out of Mitzrayim, and on the last days of Pesach, we take Mitzrayim out of ourselves. This is, this is the unbelievable lesson of Kriyas Yamsuf. That you are not a Mitzri. You're not a Balaveiro. You're not a Rasha. Even though on the outside you look like a Rasha, you're not a Rasha. Because think about how much you care about the other members of Klal Yisrael. Think about how much you care deeply about the Rebbe You know, when you hear people, when you talk to boys, 
that are having difficulty with their Yiddishkeit, they're not able to access that point. They always have kashas. Why do they have kashas? They have kashas because they're disappointed. Because they wish that they could believe like everybody else. They wish that they could just be part of this. But there's something so deep about their neshama, there's something so deep about their neshama that they have to have a deeper level of truth in order to access it. They're not going to be satisfied with simple answers. And it's not the that they're, that they're off. They're on. They're on. But their on looks off. Their tzidkos looks like rishos, but it's not rishos. It's not rishos, it's tzidkos. Ah, you'll tell me what are you talking about, it's tzidkos. Look on the outside how they're behaving. It's true, on the outside they're behaving like that. Nobody's denying that. But where is that coming from? Where is that coming from? It's coming from hurt, it's coming from pain. It's coming from a deep desire for authenticity. And they haven't been given that yet. They haven't been given that yet. And this is why we know these, these boys and girls, they're, they're suffering much more than you could possibly imagine. They, they're not free. They don't feel free. They don't feel free. Yes, they were taken out of Mitzrayim, but Mitzrayim hasn't been taken out of them. They're living in that sense of Mitzar. They're living in that sense of restriction. We all are. We all are. Forget them. What about us? What about us here in Ramah Pechemesh? We're not Sadiq and Gemurim. We do Averas. We're not proud of them, but we do Averas. But the taich is that even the Averas that we do, it's not who we want to be. So we have to go through Kriyas Yamsuf, Yeratsun, that on these, I almost said last days, Baruch Hashem, it's last day for us. On this last day of Pesach, we should be Zaycha to take the Mitzrayim out of ourselves, to discover that Nitzat Sakdusha, to go to the Mikvah and have both a Bekiyas Yamsuf from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and a Kriyas Yamsuf within ourselves. A good night.